Bench Racing Radio. Bench Racing Radio. The podcast with your hosts, Eric Gio and Anthony Leake. How's it going today, Anthony? Well, just like every other day, good. Excellent. Positive outlook, man. It's what it's all about. Yeah, but uh, no, it's just the uh, you know end of twenty twenty two. Just getting into twenty three here, and kind of just wanted to uh, our intro today. We just kind of wanted to chat on what were some of the biggest, most memorable moments for you uh, in the last year, and you know, good stuff for people to go take a look at if they haven't seen it, if they missed it last year or whatever. So yeah, well, why don't you go first? Sounds great. So one thing that I'm really glad uh, came back was the uh, the Delane Memorial race. Um. It was awesome to see it get back and uh, and be treated like a really big event. Uh, the River City Speedway staff just knocked it out of the park. They're flying a Big Al's flag there on the infield, right up there with uh, with John Seitz and, and with uh, with the Max and uh, Anderson and all these guys that mean a lot to racing there. So that was that was very cool, and uh, it was just a really it was a great race. I didn't I wasn't able to get to it, but uh saw a little bit of the video of it there and um just such a a good show and a great winner uh with zach johnson taking the win you know you couldn't ask for a better guy with the the following that he brings with him with his uh his youtube channel Mm -hmm. the uh and just the respect that he had for the the race he knew how much it meant to, to win this one um that race has been held uh, a number of times, I, I forget the exact number here. We're, we're going on like ten ish, yeah, because it had been rained out a few. And uh, I want to say there still hasn't been a repeat winner. I don't think so. It, right from the start, it was big dogs traveling down from the cities and and uh, all over the place. It, it's always been a really good race and uh, a really fun event. So that was that was awesome. And then the fundraiser, the golf tournament that we uh, we announced here. Um, Rick's just putting together plans right now for, for what that's going to look like next year. Um, but, uh, that, that's also going to go ahead here. So the whole thing was just awesome to get to be part of that John Seitz Memorial weekend at River Cities, uh, for those guys, it was just, it was great and, uh, and everything worked out awesome. And, and we found a great way to, uh, to fundraise for races like this. So it, uh, that, that was spectacular. Yeah. I, I watched most of that weekend it was really good and uh it's nice to see you know there's a lot of people you know at a race like that too because it's like it's one of the biggest like that whole sites memorial weekend and then you add delane memorial to that it's already Mm -hmm. a huge event to start with with a with a lot of people that you already know in the region like everyone's going to that race in north dakota manitoba you know western minnesota south dakota kind of thing so to to add the mods with such a big event on top of what is the late model show primarily um yeah it really added to the dynamic of the event and it's nice to you know almost every heat had someone that i knew and as you know uh i'm not big into racing i'm a big sports guy not a big sports guy but it's uh the local region or whatever i'm i'm fairly you know i'm i'm a fair amount into having my ear on the ground type of thing on on yeah. what happens in wasota area um so it was nice to be able to watch that and know you know pretty much everybody that's in the show yeah no so that was that was great one excited for that one this year and i think i'm gonna keep it open on my schedule and just go get a hotel room and uh and and watch and, and have a good time so should be good yeah, my biggest highlight of the year was my brother winning for the first time in six years at Victory Lane Speedway. It was a, a hammer down kind of race night. I was surprised that he pulled as well as he did. I mean, it's got 90 nights on that crate now. But there's just something about him in Winnipeg when it comes to doing well. I remember the first time we raced there in 2014, he won the heat race, the first time he ever turned laps at that track. And, uh, and there was a lot of early success. I think he won the next three heat races and finished, I think, top six or something like that in his first few races and the features there and in 2014 and 15. Um, and then 16 was the big year where we won three races there until it got into a big wreck and the car had to get written off. But it was just, uh, it was it was 
nerve wracking for me. <laughs> I'm sure it was for him. Um, but it was, it was great to see. And, uh, yeah, he's just, for some reason, he's just really good at that track. Like you can start him almost anywhere and, uh, he can finish in the top five or six, no matter where he starts. And, um, it's a, it's a momentum type track with those cars, you know, with the lower horsepower and those long straightaways, you just can't give away speed. So, it's awesome to see him. Uh, I didn't realize it had been six years since he had won there. That's that's wild. I thought that he was good for one or two wins a year there because he was for a while. But then, yeah, I, I totally hadn't realized that it had been that long. Yeah, you know what it was? It's He's always been more often than not in that top five range. Like, like yeah, there's times, he's always strong. Yeah, he's always been strong. But, you know, it's a lot easier to go from 20th to 5th than it is to go from 5th to 1st. And, yeah. you know, when you're... in 5th to 2nd yeah. is harder than than passing the, the back 15. Exactly. Yeah. So it's if you can keep your nose clean for the most part and take advantage when it's 3 or 4 wide and you can scoop 3 or 4 cars at the same time, because that's the real thing. And in that class, when you have, you know, 20 to 24 cars out there, you know, guys are scrub... Uh, uh, you know, people are scrubbing off speed when they're going two, three wide. So if you're able to get a really good run on somebody that's fighting for a position, you can pass two or three cars in one shot and keep that momentum all the way through. And he's always done a really good job of that, of of taking advantage of other people battling it out and and making a move. And I think that's, that's helped him a lot. Now in Kenora, on the other hand, well, that's a whole nother thing. And I mean, I think he finished 10th out of 10 cars one night and it's, it's not, not working out on the track size difference and whatever. And, and um, I think they're, they're really struggling right now in Kenora, but it, it's a different beast, right? And uh, yeah. he's done well there before, like he won the dinner jacket in 2020. Um, but uh, you know, every year it's a little different and uh, yeah, hopefully he'll sort out the race program in Kenora. I think his plan is to run, Man, we got to get him on the show sometime. <laughs> we do, yeah. We gotta, we gotta have him on here soon. Yeah. So he's planning to run all season this coming summer because we'll be full time Sundays. Um, so maybe they'll have some time to improve that. So that that was a big highlight for for me and the family at, at the very least. Yeah. No, well, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, one for me that was really really cool to go and and be part of was uh, the. Uh, it was July 1st and 2nd down at uh, Cedar Lake Speedway. And man, what an event that was. Uh, so the UMSS sprints were the uh, the support class for the World of Outlaws. And uh, you know, first day we ran wingless and I had a pretty solid run. Uh, did get up into the top 10 there and just got somebody threw a pick at me at, uh, at the end. And I didn't quite get that first top 10 there, but uh and then the second day uh, we ran winged. So we had to change everything over while we we're down there. And um, th- that was just so cool. You know, sitting there and staging in a winged sprint car, look over and I see Casey Kane and James McFadden and Brad Sweet and Donnie Schatz. That's, uh, that was a pretty neat, pretty neat thing. Even, even though we're not even on the same, in the same class, just being, <laughs> sharing that stage with those guys and, uh, and seeing how they do it was just extremely cool. Did you feel small? Yeah, the racing was awesome that weekend too. I, I, I sucked in the wing car. I definitely, uh, I got to reevaluate my wing program. If I'm even going to do any <laughs> this year, but, uh, but the, the racing for the sprints was great. Uh, that was the first race after, uh, after Dan shots had passed away and, um, Donnie led a little bit both nights and was looking really strong, but he didn't, wasn't quite in the cards for him to get the win. And then it was just really good racing. And uh, yeah, cameras and goers all all race long in both features, so it was uh, it was a very cool thing to be part of. And then to watch the fireworks show before the features, holy smokes! You know, you watch a pretty big fireworks show, and at some point you're like, okay, it's probably wrapping up. You're trying to sense the crescendo in it and everything, and then they play one song, and they play another song, <laughs> and they played like four and a half songs before they finished the show. Jeez. And they actually figured that uh, some of the debris from the fireworks had gotten stuck in the track. And uh, that was cutting a bunch of guys' right rear tires down no. when they were up there uh, banging the boards. So that was that was a pretty wild race. Uh, at one point there, everybody was falling out of it. And it was uh, it was a crazy one to watch. So that was a very cool time, awesome place to be. And I, I can't wait to, uh, to get back there next year. It's a famous place for sure. 
It opened in 1957. It's, it's, uh, it's got it's some a age. very, very cool place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another big one for me was uh, seeing Edward Bell win in the uh, Q104 with Soda Midwest Modifieds in Kenora this year. Uh, actually, the last little while I've been watching uh, footage from Kenora. Uh, I guess I'm missing racing or something. And uh, there's actually quite a few times where he's come very close to it. But this year in particular, he was really close almost every week uh, as long as he uh, had things in order and didn't feel rushed or was maybe wrecked the night before in emo. And uh, to be able to get the win, it was big. I don't think he he doesn't really remember what happened after he won. I think he might have blacked out with excitement. <laughs> uh, I remember him getting out of the car and and uh, just waving the flag. And I mean, he was really pumped. I couldn't only imagine the adrenaline rush that occurred <laughs> during that time. Uh, he was yeah, very well, after trying for so long, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, he was he was super pumped. I think it's still probably a little surreal for him. You know, he's kind of a one-man crew there, and he's made almost every show in Kenora since it opened. And um, he ran Emo, like, almost every week the last three years or something like that. So kudos to him for for the hard work that he puts in. You know, not everyone gets the opportunity to put that kind of work in and, and get a win out, you know, to actually yeah. win a race. There's, there's, there's people who put hundreds hundreds if not thousands of hours on a yearly basis for that one win and might never get it i mean i know people from back home that raced even in that class for 10 years and never won even a heat race or won one heat race and that's it and and those people committed as hard as they are not everybody does that so i think for edward for him it was you know i think it was a relief for him knowing that he's been more consistent than he ever has been and to to take that win uh, I think it means a lot because he's led a lot of laps in town here. He's led a lot yeah. of laps in Kenora and to it takes, uh, you got to learn how to lose them to, to learn how to win them. I guess so. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's, if you're the guy that can, can learn from that, right. Some people just blame, 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 and they never, never get over the hump. So, um, yeah, I know it was great. And a bit of a shameless plug there. Uh, last year he attended my uh, chassis setup seminar that I put on here in Vanistel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he has lots of good questions. I could see that it was clicking, so it was really rewarding for me to see. We had a few really successful people. We had uh, the Wasota Midwest Mod Rookie of the Year uh, over in Thunder Bay, right? Uh, like for the whole class, they were the the Reed yep. uh, team there. So that was awesome to have them in on it, and and then Ed seeing his first getting his first win, and Kevin Chick, and a bunch of these guys. So. Really cool to see uh, the people willing to put that hard work in and, and getting that result and, and helping them get there. So um, we've got another one coming up here at the end of the month for uh, for stock car stuff again. So or modifieds, all that stuff. So uh, just message me if you're uh, if, if anyone's interested and wants to attend. And you know what I think? Uh, I think what I it's like less than the price of a tire, and. Uh, the tire's only going to make you fast one night. It's going to make you fast for the rest of your life. So, isn't that true? And you know, I think that you know what you have to offer just makes the competition better altogether, too, right? Like, you don't want like we want everyone to have a chance to compete on a weekly basis for that win or that top three or whatever their goals might be. And and there are people who get frustrated week after week not being able to 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 figure things out on their own. And one of the advantages to what you offer, it just allows people to get into the game in such a way that they're not pulling their teeth out every single week, you know, that they're not uh, feeling like they're never going to get there. And I think that a service like yours is is invaluable, really, at the end of the day. I mean, you're already seeing results from what you've been able to provide in in the sport locally here. So, you know, I, I hate to, you know, pump your tires even more, but uh, <laughs> I think that the results there... Uh, are already starting to prove themselves. So if, if people feel that uh, they're struggling out there, that they feel that they might need some some good in-person advice and help, then uh, Eric's your guy. Yeah, there's no magic. There's no nothing. And I can guarantee that it's not just money that you need. It's uh, just a lot of little things. you got to do all the little details, right? So, right. yeah. Um, uh, one last one for me was, uh, just the whole season getting going here in the wingless sprints with the Western Renegades, just so much fun. 
uh, got to visit a bunch of new tracks that people had never even heard of, or that, you know, me and my, uh, my fans and friends had never heard of and having a great time out there, you know, picked up my first feature win in the sprint in, uh, in August at Underwood. That was fantastic. Congratulations was out there with, uh, yeah, thank you. And then ended up locking down rookie of the year. And, uh, that weekend was just awesome. It was never should have raced either night. It rained just in late in the afternoon and both nights looked like they were a washout and they just held her together. And, uh, and, and at that time, I was really figuring out my uh, my mud stud setup, as I like to call it. <laughs> so uh, I had that had that stuff working pretty good, and and uh, it was just a really really cool weekend. And instead of hanging around thinking we were going to get rained out, I ended up parking it in Victor Lane. So it was pretty fantastic. Uh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, and my last one is is really to congratulate Thunder City Speedway in Thunder Bay for their inaugural season. And they uh, won the, uh, I think it was Wasota Track of the Year or Award of Excellence. Uh, Highly noted because I don't know the last time if ever uh, Canadian Track has received an Award of Excellence uh, at the Wasota Mm -hmm. Banquet. And uh, And to do it in your first year is crazy. it's, It's a beautiful facility. So many cars. You know, there was some phenomenal racing this year. And when they figured out the track uh, towards the end of the season, it just got better and better. Uh, Of course, everyone was having a tough time with racetracks this year because it was so darn wet in the spring in our region. I mean, you know, as I've mentioned before, we were pulling out weeds essentially at the racetrack by the time we could get on it here. And in Thunder Bay, you know, it sometimes can be wetter more often just because of the lake there stalls a lot of the, 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 the storm fronts and so on. So once they were able to kind of get things figured out and, and, and they tried, they worked so hard at trying to get it right or trying to get it better um, to see the reward, reap the rewards of that, you know, in their season finale in September, uh, like that mod feature with uh, Tanner Williamson. Like it was, mm-hmm. there was, the racing was just so good. The track was so amazing. Uh, there was a nice high line there, uh, which they'd been struggling with for a while. And uh, yeah, kudos to them. They just never gave up and they increased the the seating. I mean, the Wednesday nights there, it was packed. It was just packed. They were, they were jamming the stands full. Oh, it was it, awesome to see. It's the only place I know. And, it's the only place I know yeah. that could do a Wednesday night because it's been so traditional. Um, you know, they've been racing there since the 1910s. Um, so there's a long history in Thunder Bay and, and there's, you know, there's not much else to do in Thunder Bay. So um, it's nice to see the crowds, the car counts, the recognition that they deserve on a beautiful, beautiful facility. And, uh, you know, it's not easy every day. I, I saw Mr. Simpson down at the Wasota meetings and and he says, you know, as as hard as we work sometimes, there's still you know, a lot of work to do out there. Not everybody's happy. And I, I mean, if there's one thing I've learned as a track promoter over the years is that you can't make everybody happy. So as long as you're getting, uh, you know, you're doing something right, if you have great crowds and you have great car counts and you're able to put on a great program. And uh, I think Thunder City Speedway uh, uh, really exemplified that this year. Yeah, I got the opportunity to meet uh, meet some people involved in running the track there when I was out doing a seminar in Thunder Bay back in uh, March, I think it was. And yeah, it was great. Uh, great, great to meet him, and and would love to go race there someday. Yeah, it doesn't really work out, but we are talking about trying to do some uh, some sprint demos there. Sprints are a bit of a four letter word out that way. They got burned pretty hard by uh, by some people, so um, we're trying to rebuild some bridges there and and see what we can do. But uh, but yeah, that was it was great to see them work that red clay and and make it such a great place. So and uh, for me, just a, a quick. My race of the year, uh, it was a pretty pretty close one, uh, but if you haven't watched it, go back and watch the High Bank Nationals from Houston Speedway back uh, last week of June. Mm. Uh, it was 150000 to win, and uh, and Sheldon Howdenshield found himself in sixth place with four laps to go and uh, and passed two cars on the last lap to get the, get the win. Absolutely incredible race. Um, so that was, uh, that was an awesome one. If you haven't seen it, go watch that. That'll get your blood pumping and get you excited for the season. And, uh, and then that one's back this year. It's 250,000 to win. I'm really, really happy to see that the, uh, sprint cars are finally starting to get some more of the, the big money. Yeah. Uh, Eldora's doing the dirt million for the sprints this year. Instead of the late models, they're going to alternate. It sounds like, Oh, 
you know, it, it's good because yeah, the top earner in sprints last year made like six hundred and fifty grand. Well, Jonathan Davenport made over two million <laughs> in a late model. Wow. So, you know, pretty big parity there, and uh, not that one of them cost way less money to run either. So, yeah. um, definitely a bit of an issue uh, with that, but they're they're working on it and fixing it up. So it's great to see. Yeah, sure is. I don't really have anything for an honorable mention at all. I mean, I just love racing season. <laughs> I yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's it's gonna be good. It's still a ways away, but start working on that car and start lining stuff up. Start going to see sponsors and get out there, and it'll be here soon enough. Yeah, it's you're still gonna run out of time. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, that's gonna happen. <laughs> I think that uh, yeah. as long as we can get through January relatively unscathed with. Not too much snow and not too much cold. Um, usually by the time you start hitting into first two weeks of February, the days are getting longer and, and the sun's getting warmer when it's out. And yeah, it's it doesn't take long to start smelling spring once you get past January. Good stuff. But let's hop into the interview here. I had a really uh, fun chat with a guy whose career is actually very, very similar to mine with uh, with some super truck stuff and open wheel stuff. And uh, it was a really fun sit down with him. So uh, let's jump into it. Let's do it. For our next guest on Bench Racing Radio, we welcome a guy who's been all over the place here in Manitoba, North Dakota, Northwestern Ontario, racing every class from pure stocks, modifieds, lightning sprints, and now super tracks. He's got three track championships to his name and has won features in several of the classes that he's raced in. Welcome to the podcast, Brent Steg. Right on, boys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. What's, uh, what's keeping Brent busy these days? You know what? Lately, it's just been a whole lot of working. Um, just family life, trying to do that too, and just enjoying life in general. Yeah, trying to find that balance in the, with the family life thing is is tough because uh, racing a lot and and you know racing enough to always be learning enough to be at the very pointy end of the field is it's really tricky in some of those classes, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? we've had. Uh, I've learned some hard lessons over the you know fifteen or twelve years of doing this and. Right now, I think it's a pretty happy medium right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the Super Truck class is a good, really good class for that. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about that in a little bit, but we'll go back to the start like we always do. Uh, tell us a bit about, you know, where you got started in racing. What was the first race you ever remember going to? So we, this year was the 25th year of actually been going to the Speedway. Uh, I'll kind of all started with a good high school friend and he was neighbors with... Uh, some guys ever racing and they kind of need some, some help doing cleaning the cars and getting them ready and all that fun stuff. And 13 years old, they used to always sneak us into the speedway there. And, uh, we used to always pit in the inside at that point and, you know, it kind of started there and just kind of built up from there. Yeah. Who was that? It was, uh, Eric and Chris Frey, father, son team. Oh yeah. yeah. I think they're 51. I think their number was back yeah. in the day. Yeah. They ran. They ran modifieds at one point, right? Uh, nope, not modifieds. Right. It was uh, super stock and street stocks. Oh, okay, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, good stuff. So you kind of just grew up down the road. From yeah, them, I just right? kind of grew up. Used to ride the bike there. Yeah, you know, my parents busted me drinking there for the first time, picking me <laughs> up, and all that other fun stuff. So they tried to ban me from that, but I kind of always snuck back, back to their <laughs> shop and. Promise I'll control the drinking, but you can't right? control the racing stuff. Yeah, you know it's always great when your parents walk in to pick you up and you have a beer at thirteen years old in your hand, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, uh, so yeah, you got you got started working with these guys, and was it pretty? They kind of just let you do whatever on the cars, or were they yeah, pretty, they pretty were, strict with it? You know, no, they were pretty good. They wanted us to learn, right? So right. they always like they'd always let our get let us get our hands dirty into tuning or like crawling, working on the car, and taking stuff apart. And it we did that for well, it was quite a while five probably four or five years for sure of just helping those guys out and. They kind of slowed down on the racing thing and kind of from there jumped over to helping Shauna Taylor on her super truck back in the day and kind of did that for a couple of years there and learned some more stuff and hopped over to help Steve Glass and Modified and yeah, just kind of kept building relationships along the way there and one thing led to another and decided it was about time to buy my own at one time there. So what was your first car? First car was I bought from Dave Sobchuk was a lightning sprint back in 
10, 11, or 9, 10, somewhere in there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would have been 10 because I raced against Dave in the, the first year. Yeah. No, maybe 9 because I ran, uh, no, that was 09 that I ran, that the Lightning Sprints came to Winnipeg, yeah. right? So, yeah. Yeah, and, and Dave was still running that then. Yeah, that uh, old uh, old beast midget chassis yeah. converted over. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool and and cool to see him. I mean, the guy was a talent. It was it was too bad that that car didn't work out <laughs> very good for him because you know already the challenge from going to from a four ten sprint to, to the lightning, lightning sprint, sprint is going to be you know challenging at best to hold his yeah. attention. And he was on that guy did everything on a budget too there. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, he made the car work. I think he got actually had a couple featured wins in that thing yeah. too. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know that he was going to find his way up yeah. up to the front for sure. But good dude. So yeah, what was what was that like? Did you buy that thing turnkey, or what did you? Yeah, I went and actually hooked up with uh, Tyson Hebert and yeah. kind of started talking about it with him just through some other people I knew, that knew him. And he said, "Go look at that car," and it was kind of in the price range and that I wanted to kind of be in. And you know, went down there and made a deal, and I brought it home and. Didn't even know what I was doing. Just said, oh, I'm going to go racing, so let's go. <laughs> so how did you sort that out? Like, I remember I bought my first car turnkey as yeah. well. And I had raced a bunch of things before that, but I hadn't ever, you know, it was my first experience with open wheel. Yeah. And I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I, I was blocking the car incorrectly, and I had no no real idea what I was doing with that type of suspension. But, uh, you know, eventually got it to where it was consistent enough. Yep. Yeah, how how did you uh, how did you figure all that out? Dave kind of helped me at the beginning there. He was on the phone back and forth with him, and he came to the track a few times there. And uh, he kind of said once I did a couple of races that year, and, and it just started working. And mm-hmm. you know, take something apart and you put it back together, you kind of learn where yeah. where it's going to go. And I didn't touch much of the first year I raced it all. Kind of set it once, and I figured you know what, just drive the car and just learn how to drive the thing and and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Was that the only car you had in the Lightning Sprints, or did you end up doing a bit of an upgrade there? I kind of upgraded every year. Yeah. Uh, the first one, actually, funny story is the, my first lap in that thing, I stuffed it into the wall in turn three and <laughs> went end over end on a practice day in Winnipeg. So that was awesome. And then thrashed on it all night to go race in Morden the next day. So that was entertaining. Kind of learned really fast how to take that thing apart and put it back together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then I raced after one year and then I kind of parked it. And then I went and bought a brand new Bailey off of Darren Palin there right. and built that over a winter and it was okay. It was a, it was a decent car. I struggled with it a little bit and then I kind of had an opportunity to sell that one and sold that one. And I bought a car off Wally Butler and that was a Henchcraft and that thing kind of was a game changer for the old program. So Hench supported his cars out there and you could phone him up pretty much any time and he'd help you out over the phone wherever you were and give her on it. So. Yeah, that's that's so important in racing is the support you're going to yep. get from from your builder and the people who who are in the know on what's working in setups. You know, one guy you can race, you'd have to race a thousand races a year to have the same yep. you know knowledge and, and testing of uh, what a whole army of racers is doing for you. you know? So exactly, yeah. And then yeah, so I kind of I had that car and it was actually my first night in that car. I won in Devil's Lake, and I'm like, hey, we're onto something there. And, I ran that car for four or five nights and came into Morden and some guy had a mechanical failure in front of me and stopped really quick. And I may have been a little too close and kind of end over ended down the back straightaway in Morden and junked that one pretty good. So we actually, uh, good buddy, uh, Stoge, we, he came over and we built a, had a brand new car built in three days and back to Greenbush and just kept on rolling. So <laughs> we kept on, <laughs> you didn't keep rolling yeah. that season, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you ever get, end up getting hooked up with the, uh, with the Bowman boys? Cause they, they were racing for quite a while in that class as well. Right. Yeah. So it's actually funny story is first year, the thousand CCs in Winnipeg there. And we kind of, everyone's kind of getting used to them and we had a super tacky night in Winnipeg there. And, and Chris and I were down the back straightaway in Winnipeg and like he kind of just came off the edge of the back straight a little bit, caught the loose stuff and it turned him into my car and his left front went under my right rear and he went tumbling down. I think he flipped about six or seven times going into corner four there mm-hmm. and wide open and junked a lot of stuff yeah. and kind of, we became friends after that. I went there and helped him put it back together and yeah, that's kind of where it started there and it's been <laughs> good friendship ever since. So. Yeah, I was 
you know, I, I kind of took note of you guys once you started racing a lot with them. And I was thinking, how are these guys, you know, are they like related or do they always race together? And now there's the crew guy bought a car yeah, <laughs> something like that. But uh, no, you just wrecked together just and then wrecked became, together friends. And became friends. And became friends. <laughs> That's awesome. It was it was a racing deal. It wasn't like one person. Yeah, exactly. There's no bad intent there. No, no yeah. not at all. So I do have to it. ask about the original racing team name, Big Cans Racing. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that started from snowmobiling back in the day, and like I used to build everyone's has to have a loud exhaust on yeah. their sled. So I used to build them in my shop, and I don't know. We had a couple drinks one night and decided to make something off the internet, and yeah, that's where it started. So. It didn't last very long. It was more more of a joke than anything else. Yeah. Well, for some reason, it still shows up all the time on uh, on Facebook. And yeah, it doesn't mind too. And I'm like, I can't even like... get into that account anymore. So I don't even know how to close it. <laughs> I want this gone, but I can't. Yes. Bad memories. Bad memories. <laughs> Bad judgment in yeah. naming, but hey, it's all good. Ugh. So how many races or how many seasons did you end up doing in the Lightning Sprints? Um, I think I did five full time and one part time in it. And then part time, I was for the guy I was working with. He had one too, and when he couldn't race, I'd go grab it and do a couple of races in the states and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun, so mm-hmm. yeah, and you had some pretty good success in winning down in, uh, in ALH yep. and uh, and Devil's Lake, yep. winning championships there. That's that's pretty tough to do. Yeah, it's you know what I've I've always tried to if you finish races, you're gonna do okay or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm not the most aggressive driver out there. And, but I'm not a dirty r- driver either, so we just kind of try to just finish everyone and have a good time and see where it ends up. Yeah, well, the point systems are so so focused on consistency. Yeah. If there was an extra 10 or 15 bonus points for wins, then it makes sense <laughs> to go for the throat, yeah. you know. But uh, when there isn't, it's just it doesn't doesn't come out of the wash at the end of the year. You lose a lot more when you're not finishing races. So yeah. It's uh, it's tough. I I I, prefer, I personally prefer a point system that does put a bit more emphasis on winning because you want to see guys taking those chances to get those yep. wins. And you don't want to be seeing anybody wreck anything, but you know you do want to you want to be going for it. You don't want guys okay with settling for second. Yep. Right. No, and I hundred hundred percent agree there. As more comfortable I get in the cars, and then like with those lightning sprints, there you're you're getting really comfortable and you can kind of put yourself into some bad situations. You know where your car is going to go or whatever, but mm-hmm. with the, like the truck class there, it was a learning curve for sure. Right. So, but it's getting more and more comfortable every time you get in the truck there so you can drive a little bit harder. And Yeah. And you just have to drive by a totally different set of rules too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Open wheel. You don't touch. Yeah. You, the goal <laughs> is to never touch wheels. <laughs> And when you get into something like a truck, well... Yeah, you can lean on yeah. somebody a little bit. It's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> exactly. The bodies flex a yeah. little. And, a couple yeah. of rivets after the race isn't the end of the world. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be hitting guys. But if you bounce, if you rub in a little bit, that's, you know, rub racing. Yeah, yeah. definitely a different uh, different mentality. But you didn't go straight to trucks from that. What was uh, what was the next move after you got out of the lightning sprint? So after the got out of the lightning sprints there, I kind of... But the guy I was working for, he really wanted to go into the 410 sprints. So I'm like, well, if you're going to buy one, I'll just grow crew chief for you and work on that thing. And and so we did that for a couple of years. And uh, that's a whole different ballgame running 410s with the NOSA guys in Grand Forks. It's, mm-hmm. There's a lot of money spent into that stuff. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's nuts. Yeah. So we did that. And uh, after that, I kind of took a break from, I don't say a break from the racetrack, but a break on the racing side of it. And went and did some a uh, couple snowcross races did that and then raced dirt bikes for a year just kind of stuff i wanted to keep trying and and did that and in there was a couple moves from where i was living and i kind of came back here and i was like you know it's time to get a car again went and bought a street stock about three years ago i guess and i was kind of right before covid hit there and i'm with where my job was and everything i'm like you know what i can hit greenbush every saturday it's only an mm-hmm. hour from work and um, kind of stuff like that. And then COVID hit and I couldn't travel to Greenbush. And, right, right. and I'm like, so I'm stuck driving four hours to Emo if I want to go race. So right. like, that thing's got to go. And I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to modify it. So I thought it was a good idea to buy a mod, which that was a learning curve and <laughs> probably the most fun I've ever had at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll hop into that one uh, shortly. But uh, but the street stock thing, yeah. that must have been a pretty big 
pretty big change too for going from a car that's purpose built for racing yeah. to now going into something with an old old beefy front end and really heavy on the nose. Well, I think the, the best thing those lightning sprints taught me was how to be a clean racer. Because like right. you said, you can't, you can't touch it all or you're just junk and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden I got into this street stock and I'm like, holy crap, I can lay a fender or bumper to somebody here and it's not going to do anything. So I don't, I think it taught me some bad habits right off the hop because I could just put some, put your nose where you probably shouldn't be doing that and turn to some guys if they kind of piss you off a little bit and yeah it's really hard to spin somebody out in a sprint car it turns out it, yeah it it's really uh, is. damn near impossible actually yeah somebody's gonna on purpose it. anyway yeah. without wrecking yourself but yeah it's a whole different story yeah uh, <laughs> uh, well i guess uh let's let's jump in we'll, we'll pause on that one here and we'll we'll jump into uh anthony's segment he's got some rapid fire questions for you sounds good you know how this goes how the rules are on this one uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so if you've listened to episodes before, you will be very familiar with what we got going on. So it's going to be 10 questions. You're not going to have to think about it. It's one or the other, and we get to judge you afterwards. Sounds good? That uh, sounds fair. All right, number one, chocolate chip or peanut butter cookies? Uh, chocolate chip. All right, number two, NFL or CFL? CFL. Number three, dry or tacky? Uh, I'm going to go dry. Number four, getaway car, getaway truck? Uh, car. Number five, diet Dr. Pepper or diet ginger ale? Dr. Pepper. Number six, Harvey's or Arby's? Harvey's. Number seven, drama or thriller? Thriller. Number eight, pie or cheesecake? Cheesecake. Number nine, skydiving or zip lining? If you wanted to do both, we'll go with skydiving. And number 10, winter Olympics or summer Olympics? Uh, winter all all the way all right there you have it the misfire round that was quick it was it was that might have been a quick time (laughs) some real confident answers there yeah direct the guy he did his homework he studied (laughs) i like it what's your favorite sport in the winter olympics besides hockey oh i don't follow winter olympics too too much but i was gonna say hockey but you know i don't even know Really? One, one thing I would always, I would love to do any of the, uh, the bobsleigh track sports. Those guys are nuts. That, oh yeah, like bobsledding would be wild, I, and the luge and skeleton. Oh, jeez. You know what those? Uh, is it the long jump or whatever they do with the ski? The down ski there? jump. Yeah, the ski. I was just gonna well, say I would totally there. do yeah, ski there. jump. Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> those guys are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You ever watch so someone wipe out insane. on a ski jump before? Oh my. Yeah, I cannot imagine. And, you know, you think that that jumps on a, a skis or a snowboard or something, they, they don't look that big on TV. And then you go to a small, tiny little ski hill in Manitoba, and that thing's a quarter the size of the ones on, <laughs> on at the Olympics, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Even when you're driving through Calgary and you see the old one that's yeah, still there, I'm COP, like, yeah. these guys are just they're crazy. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you probably wouldn't catch me going down a, a slippery tube of ice in a ski tube yeah, it, it, at 140 kilometers an hour. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and dry or tacky, what's uh, what's the reasoning behind the uh, the, uh, the dry? It's um, I haven't learned how to drive like an animal yet. <laughs> so I have – my brain doesn't uh, let me just hammer the gas and hold on going into the corner. I like a little bit of finesse there. So, and I've had all my luck's been on dry tracks. So, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of where I like to gravitate to. Sure. Oh, yeah. It changes for me over time. Like, it used to always be, I like dry because you could move around and drive yep. around people and it wasn't just an engine contest. But, uh, as my tire bills have gotten more expensive, <laughs> Not as big of a fan of dry anymore because, oh boy, can you ever smoke those sprint car tires fast. And you know those lightning sprint tires? I don't know what they are now or whatever, but they were 180 bucks 10 years ago for them. Mm-hmm. And you could easily in those little cars, if your setup was off, you'd roast a set in a night. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially our the track here in Winnipeg where it starts to get pretty pretty marbly. Yep. That just chews tires Chews so bad. Tires. It's like driving down a gravel road at times. But yep. yeah, that's uh, that, that side's improved a little bit here. But yeah, so you make the jump to Wazota Modified, 600 horsepower, yeah. methanol-fueled monster. Let's go. Yep. 
How was that? It was probably some of the most fun I've had in a car. I've had a, I kind of got out of it because I had some bad luck and not stuff caused by me, but just people spinning out in front of you and just, you just junk stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to fix stuff. And the maintenance on those things, you just spend more, way more time in the shop on a, during the week, just getting that thing dialed in and mm-hmm. having to go through every little thing on it and scale. And I just kind of said, it. I had fun the first year and I'm like, yeah. somebody, somebody actually just offered to buy it kind of deal. And I'm like, it's old gone. Let's yeah. get rid of it here. So yeah. did that car go locally or uh, I went to emo. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, the commitment of, of time and money yeah. to, to get competitive in that class is massive. It is. And methanol is hard on everything too, right? So you have a spare motor sitting there. It's like, yeah. I'm not some big rich guy here. I'm just trying to do it on a budget. And you got $20,000, $30,000 of motor sitting in a garage kind of thing. It's, right. it's nuts. Yeah, it definitely adds up fast. Yeah, but uh, you know, what was your favorite favorite aspect of it? So I've never, I've never been run the high side ever. And so first race, I'm in emo and... Um, I kind of slid to the top by accident and there was a cushion there and no one was up there. And I think I buzzed from like eighth to fourth or third or something in a couple laps. And I'm like, I was just like screaming at myself the whole time. And they're like having a blast. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm like, I'll take a third for my first race in a mod or whatever. And I kind of went back down to the bottom and two guys right in front of me, as soon as I went down, spun out and just got collected in it. Ah. I was like, this is the worst decision of my life right there. Yeah, it doesn't take much either to bend those things up, and they're just with that old frame, it makes it so yeah, so tricky to to clip them and straighten them out. Yeah. You know, and I never bent anything major on them. Yeah. Like it, it was enough, right? So totally, yeah. What, what, what was your first? Uh, so I guess that was your your real introduction. Yeah. It's your first race in the that car. Was first race in the mod. Yeah. Oh man, and uh, did it get any better from there, or was it? Uh yeah. You know what? It's it's how much money do you want to put into something, right? So we did. I mean, it, we had it on scales all the time and it was, it was good, but then like you will go race in Winnipeg against like Ward and Greer and them. And I'm just like, I'm never going to come close. And then SD comes there on the last race of the year. And I'm like, I'm never going to c- compete with these guys ever. I figured the last race of the year, there was, I think it was 20 laps or something and nice dry slick track. And we went green to checkered and I could still like, just see the tail end of those guys. I'm like, this is the closest I'm ever going to get to these guys. <laughs> it's a win. So, yeah, so what was your best finish in that car? Um, I think it was like a sixth or seventh in emo or something like that. Yeah. That's kind of where, that's, that's as good as I was ever going to get. There, so It's tough to, to realign those expectations in that class because the guys that are doing it are so damn good. Yeah, and they, they live and breathe it, right? So, yeah, they're and the guys that are racing that many shows a year and, yeah. and just have great equipment. But it's not just equipment. There's a lot more that goes into it. And, and they've got all the pieces. They got all the pieces. And I, and you know what, with where my kids are now and they want to come and enjoy it and we're trying to enjoy the weekends with them and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know what? That's what got me to the super trucks. I'm like, I can only race Thursdays with it. Maybe a couple out of town shows, but then on the weekends I can take off with the kids, go camping and do all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it really is a perfect class for that. Yep. It just allows you to, Race your Thursdays, and you can wrench on a little bit on the weekend, whatever you want. But there's not very much traveling going on with it, and and that's that's fine, really. Yep. Uh, it's it's if you want to race somewhere else all, all the time on the weekends, there's a different class. For yeah, that. go buy right. B-Mod. You can race exactly. Wednesday, Wednesday race to your Sunday. brains out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Race till it's all gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Start with a large fortune and end with a small one. End with nothing. Yeah, no, that it's uh, it's a great great class to. I've always felt it's that good match with a, the right amount of horsepower for the tire. Yep. It's still a real racing vehicle. You know, it's got all racing suspension in it yep. and, and racing tranny and rear end, all that stuff. You're not screwing around with junk parts. No, there's the only thing it would be nice if there was some newer mm-hmm. trucks around. Right. So, mm-hmm. but like there's, there's still a lot of good trucks around. It's, they're all definitely older for sure. Yeah. Always fan favorites everywhere we go to. Exactly. Right. right? Like people always want to, they're always cheering for the trucks there. So, and I think this past year, we had some, from what the videos I watched, we had some of the closest finishes, like in the top four or five guys that you could throw a blanket over them a couple nights there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely going the right way. There's there's people getting into it, uh, dragging old yep. stuff out and, and getting it out there, and it's still competitive. Yep. 
uh, something about the way that those things were built. Most of them, most of them are all KBR chassis, which are all very well built and they, well built. they last and they don't bend very easy either. Nope. And uh, <laughs> they seem to be holding up great <laughs> over time. Yeah, it's it's really something. So yeah, your your rookie year in the in the super trucks, you uh, you hop in that that thing that that was a truck that was pulled out of the bush, was it not? It was sat in a garage for the last 10 years there's a lot of stories behind that truck yeah. apparently don't know what's allegedly true what, allegedly don't know what's true or what's not but it was uh it was sitting in a garage for 10 years and i uh kind of made a phone call and talked to one guy he said call this guy and i probably spent oh shit probably two three weeks trying to find and looking at a couple different ones and i finally got a hold of this one and went there and saw it and bought it right away so mm-hmm yeah, it was it was a pretty good piece for you right off the bat, right? Yep. Yeah, it was uh it was actually uh Austin Hunter owned it at one time and I think it was only raced one year after they quit with it. So it was like I said, it was the frame was everything was just mint on it when I got mm-hmm. it there. So how bad off was it like sitting there in storage for ten years? Like, nothing. I wiped the dust off and you could still see how shiny the frame was on it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, nothing was rusted out. Like, there was no rust on it. Oh, so they stored it in a good spot. Yeah, all the Heims were nice oh, and loose on it. No way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured for sure you were going to have to replace no, it. I didn't replace stuff. a Heim on yeah. that thing from, in the, from well, well, just wow. lubed them up and away we go. <laughs> Get the squeal out of them yeah. and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. the, really, the only thing I did is I put a motor in it and I put new shocks on it and different springs. Wow. And I didn't change anything else on it. Didn't, like, I changed the oil in the Burt. The Burt was still from 10 years ago. Wow. Everything, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was like kind of like a diamond in the rough you found there. And yeah. Was like, like a barn find. It was like a barn yeah. find. Yeah. Jeez. That's just, awesome. And yeah. The guy was selling it, just unloaded all his parts on. Like everything he had for, for the trucks there, he just unloaded everything. I think he had to make four trips out to Dominion uh, City to pick it up there. <laughs> it was crazy how much stuff came with it. That's that's a huge advantage to buying. You know, when, you're, when I'm helping somebody start out, Buy a turnkey and yep. get some spares with it. Yep. Some of the spares are going to be junk, you know. Sure, that, happens, that's part yeah. of it. Uh, they're going to offload stuff on you, but you just you can't afford to buy that many spares new. No, no. you'll go nuts. It's 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 yeah. not so much. It's, like I said, it's crazy how much stuff came with that truck. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. And you jump in it, and it was pretty competitive right off the bat. Yeah, you know what? I owe a lot of credit. I have to give to Dan Klim there. He kind of phoned him up there and I knew him a little bit, didn't know him too much. And we became buddies over the year there. And, uh, he helped me tremendously on that truck and scale between scaling it and figuring shocks out on it and setups on it. And I kind of, I knew a little bit about the three link from previous stuff there, but we kind of got it dialed in and it was pretty decent right out of the, right out of the gate there. So. Mm-hmm. And he's been your engine builder for a little while or. Yep. Yeah. He's been, uh, well, like I said, in the past, like couple of years, I guess, got to know him really good there and, Mm-hmm. And he helped me with this engine that's in the truck there now and became good friends out, out of the deal there. And he'll definitely be building motors for me in the, in the future there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. He, yeah. Uh, he builds a good power plant. Yep. That's what he's doing. Yeah. No, it's, they're nice and reliable. And that's what I want. Right. So exactly. I, I don't care about the last five or 10 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, I no, really don't. <laughs> I can, I can make that up somewhere else. Exactly. Right? I can't make it up when. I'm in a plume of smoke down the back straight away. Right. Yeah, no, then it'll be just parked in the garage there for a while. Exactly. And so, yeah, yeah you had the re- reliability that you needed and, uh, and kept your nose clean and, and ended up coming away with the championship in your first crack at it. What was, what, what did you feel was like the big moment for you in, in getting that done and knocking that one off? You know, I just look at the whole season and just kind of everything fell into line. And I was talking with the girlfriend there and I'm like, like you know what? I'd really like to compete and see how close I can get. Um, running for championship is completely different. Just instead of just going to race, um, the last three races, she could tell you how stressed I was. And I'm just like, it's like, cause then the points were so tight. I think the top four were within like 40, 50 points of each other or something. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was too much stress. And I don't, it's almost feel like just missing the first race of the year, just so you know, you're out of the points battle and then just, Go and have fun after that. Right. Yeah, that's uh, the old veterans that have won enough championships and don't care about that stuff anymore. They they like to do that, and it seems to work all right for right. them. So I don't I don't know what the answer is, but yeah, I don't know if I got the points championship now, and I don't know if I try to run for another one, but you never know. It's yeah, four or five months till we start racing, and 
by that time, things can change. So. You're, you're going to feel pretty – it's pretty hard to uh, to sit the season opener out. Yeah. <laughs> so for the time being, you kind of see that being your yeah, uh, your class? You know what? Like I said, this past year was really great. And I think the truck class itself is is great. And if we could build that class back up to like 15-plus trucks every night, it's – Mm-hmm. be really good and I think we had a good start this year too and I mean everything fall I mean things happen by the end of the year sure you're always going to lose some car counts by the end but yeah it was the start was good I think we had 12 trucks I think it was our best night there or something like that so mm-hmm. they're still out there and uh, they got to get them back out there but yep. it's, it's definitely uh, it's a great class and it's a great happy medium not not running, trying to start 25 cars or just having a big B main. Yep. It's just a crash fest, any of that stuff. You just learn to, to run your race and yeah. race and still race close. It's, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, you know what, like I said, and, and everybody, everyone in the classes, they're pretty good and they're, for the most part, pretty clean too, right? So mm-hmm. it makes for a lot better racing in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, with that, that brings us to our half hour mark here. So... Let's tap Anthony back in to go through the in the driver's seat portion. Yeah, in the driver's seat, one of my favorite segments besides listening to Eric. Um, we're going to start with number one. You can take as much time as you want, maybe even two stories if you feel that there's enough time to tell a couple great stories. But uh, we're definitely looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Question number one, which driver did or do you have the most fun racing against? Um, probably have to go with uh, Jared Kalanick built a good friendship over the years there and we kind of followed each other between lightning sprints and street stocks and he did buy a truck this year too there and we kind of kind of stay with each other and we just have a good time and have some bevies after the races and it's always it's always been a good time so no no stress there does he was he the one who got you into uh, the snowcross and motocross stuff or uh no or i didn't to race it or? i actually didn't know him back then okay yeah so i like I've heard of, I'd heard of him, yeah. um, through a friend of a friend he was dating at the time, dating one of my parents' friend's daughters. And so I knew who he was, but yeah, I didn't know him back then. And when I raced snowcross, I think he was done with that and yeah. just stuff like that. He sure loves building stuff, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he does. Uh, number two, what went through your mind the first time you jumped into a car and started your first race? Um, it wasn't too bad right at first there, but the, when, as soon as you hop on the track is all the nerves hit in. And then, like I said, my first lap, I hit the gas and rolled. So I'm just like, well, that was, I don't even know how to explain it. So the first thing that went through your mind was your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of emotions <laughs> in that moment. Oh yeah. More mad than anything else. And you wonder what the heck you're just doing now. And you look like a fool to everybody. And You're hearing that cash register sound. Just <laughs> ching, 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 ching. Actually, from, Every time from you that dance. deal, the worst thing was is, so I was upside down, still strapped in the car against the wall and I could hear another another car wide open coming around the corner and I'm like and found out later they weren't wearing a receiver so they had no idea that they were calling red on it so that was probably the worst part about that whole experience it's a lot more common than you think of people going out for the first time and rolling it we've we actually have had one in Kenora first time racing rolled it over so it's it's not as uncommon as you think you get rid of the fear early once once you're not, once it happens and you see that you're fine, then it, uh, you know, it's, you, it's the worst case scenario. And exactly. You get out of the way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Number three, if you went three wide with a lap to go, which spot would you prefer to be in the inside middle or outside and why? Uh, take the inside. I like the bottom there. It's hugging around the tires nice and close. Number four, what do you do in the car just before you drive out of the pit stall? I don't really have, uh, any crazy rituals or anything, but I do tend to keep pulling down on my belts so that to a point where they're so tight you can't breathe in them and I have to take <laughs> loosen them off and start all again. I don't know why it between sit between getting in and then sitting in line at, to get on the track there, probably pull them down like 30, 40 times. Yeah, two tips on this one. So this one I uh, I actually learned the trick from uh, horses. You get an old horse that knows what they're doing. <laughs> When you put a saddle on them and you tighten down the belt, they put, they stick their gut out. They, they push it out. So you get it nice and tight. Yeah. And then once you're done tightening it, then they go, oh, okay. And they quit sticking their gut out. And now the saddle's not so tight on them and they're yeah. a lot more comfortable. So 
you know, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> and don't do the opposite. What you do with those ones that do that is you like hit them a little bit in the gut <laughs> and then they go, <laughs> and then you tighten it yeah. up and then it's way too tight for them. You know, that happy medium, that's, uh, that's where you want to be. That and I cannot say enough good about ratcheting seatbelts where you ratchet in your waist. Okay. Your waist is what's going to hold you in the seat. Right? Yeah. And then the shoulder, then once you have that, you don't need to be so tight on the shoulder because the way that it always ends up working out on these cars is that your your shoulder is what, or your shoulders is what you end up using to hold yourself in the seat, but yeah. really it should be your waist. It so should be, yeah. That can be tough to pull off sometimes with the mounting of them in the stock cars and stuff, but oh man, after having those things in my, my sprint, I would not go back. Yeah. I've always wanted to, I've never had them or I've never even seen a set, but mm-hmm. I've looked at them and I'm like, eh, I'll just buy the regular ones that are tried, tested and true kind of things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's a, it's a quarter of the price, but yeah, <laughs> the comfort is, is nice. And if you get the good ones, you can get them rebuilt. So oh, there, you go. there you go. Tip, tip for all the new racers out there. <laughs> Number five, what race would you consider the one that got away? Uh, there's been a few. Um, the, in Greenbush, they have. For the lightning sprints, they had a race called the uh, Chad Olson Memorial. And I went to that one three times and all three times qualified. Like we had a qualifying, just kind of like a 410 deal there and always qualified within the top three and would always start good in the feature and always be running second and clutch failures every time I went there. So never had one anywhere else, but every time I went to that race for a thousand bucks, it rose to clutch every time. Huh. Don't know why. Uh, on a, a four-stroke, like a motorcycle engine. Yep. Yep. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know why I was. I don't know what I was doing differently, but <laughs> it just it burn them out every time at that race. <laughs> That's wild. Is is that the only one that you'd like to reference? Yeah, that one. Well, I guess on the one in in uh, emo there, where I had a really fast car in the uh, street stocks and. Same thing. It was like eight and five laps went from like eight to second and then car overheated. And I'm just like, just little, I don't have a lot of mechanical failures, but usually when they do, they're in a bad time. Mm-hmm. Streets are so bad for that too. With the, you know, you're not allowed to go with so, such a big rad yep. and, and there's so little you can do to improve that situation. It's and those little, pain. so much compression, those, mm-hmm. those streeter motors too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they make a lot of heat, make a lot of heat. Number six, if you could sit down with one or up to three people from any time in motorsports, who would it be and why? Um, probably first one would be Kyle Larson. That guy is, it seems like anything he could drive, he can win in. Um, second would probably be like Scott Bloomquist. Um, Tell you about the aliens. Right. <laughs> On that podcast with Dale Jr. there. Fantastic <laughs> listen if anyone hasn't yeah. listened to it. Oh man, what a character. Yeah. yeah, he seems like an interesting guy. Big time. And I really don't know. I don't know if I would have a third one. Those are kind of the two that come to mind right away. And number seven, if dirt track racing didn't exist, what racing type would you prefer? I think if I was a lot younger and in a lot better shape, uh, motocross racing would be the way to go. It's it's absolutely incredible how much of a workout that is. Yep. I can't fathom it. And it, it looks so easy on TV. People don't appreciate it, right? That yep. oh, yeah, you're riding a motorcycle. No, that's the most <laughs> physical sport. It's crazy. Out there. It's just, it's completely wild. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I did it for one season there. And the only thing I was good at it was the starts. And you get like 20 bucks, 20 bikes lining up. And they all go to that first corner. Like you usually pull like the top three or four. Mm-hmm. And then after that, everyone passed me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not about trying to send it 120 feet in the air. That's just not, not what I do. Yeah. You did kind of the opposite of with age comes a cage. Yeah. Uh, for a little while there, you're really yeah. dancing with the devil. You know what? It's, it, it's been, racing's been in my, I've loved it my whole life. And mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter what form it is. If it has a motor or something, just can just do it all day long. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the same way in that you can always, there's always different types of, of, of racing that have yep. interested me and different, different stuff, two wheels. And, and yeah, it's just, you get that competition going and just, you, yeah, you just get that. Yeah. Like you said, the competition there and you just, just give her with it. Right. So I think racing a lawn tractor with a, like some, like a street bike motor and it would just be hilarious. So. <laughs> 
Could be done. Yep. That could be your uh, your next class in Kenora there, Anthony. No, I think I'm good. Thanks. Think about how fast <laughs> we could cut the grass for you, though. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, just, I don't have a lot of grass. It's just, it, it, you might think that there is, but it's... It looks like it's, fresh granite. It's mostly... It's beautiful. Yeah, there's and whatever grows, it's kind of like you cut that, and it's just there's nothing underneath. It's yeah, you'd cut up some tires. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll bring that class somewhere else then. Yeah, fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's that's in the driver's seat. Good job. Thank you. So, how about the kids? Are they interested in this stuff at all? You know what? Up until uh, a couple years ago, they're like, yeah. It was just all oh, dad races, dad races or whatever. But this past season, my little guy kind of took a big interest into it. And uh, he's like, always has to come every time we go, which is, which is awesome. That's what I want. That's what I want. Like, you know, it's got to be, the whole family's got to be into it. Or it, to me, it just doesn't make sense to do it. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's great. So he's spending more time around it and it helps bring everybody together. And, yep. and it, yeah, it makes it, uh, the time that you were spending alone in the shop before is now family day. Exactly, that's, right? That's so solid. it's yeah. adding, he, working on him doesn't really interest him quite yet. Um, but he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, I should get a four cylinder. And I'm like, let's just hold on a second here. Let's get you driving something else first. I've had him on dirt bikes and snowmobiles and stuff like that. So yeah. he understands it, but he's still a little young. Yeah. How old is he right now? Um, he's 12. And then my girlfriend's got a, uh, 10 year old and a 15 year old too. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the right, right age. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Teaching him to drive and all that other fun stuff. So, mm-hmm. but so what's the, uh, what, what's the, what's the future look like for you? You're doing the super truck thing now and I'm going <laughs> to try and talk yourself out of going back to back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, at the same time, it'd, it'd be fun to go back to back too, right? So, uh, I don't know. There's a couple, uh, I know Dan Klim bought a new truck there. So he's going to be really competitive this year. I mean, everyone, everyone's going to be competitive, right? So mm-hmm. um, luck's got to go your way for it to make it happen. So we'll see how – I'll probably be at the first race and um, kind of just take one one race at a time and see what happens there. So and if it becomes too much, I'll just kind of just take a night off and enjoy – go to the stands and watch too, right? So mm-hmm. No, that's good. It's uh, it's good to be able to, to keep that, that perspective, I guess – you feel like you got that from going in a little too deep and making it not fun before? Like, did you feel like you got to that point with the lightning sprint or? Well, I think the last full year with the lightning sprints we ran there, I think we ran 35 or 40 shows with it wow. between like Winnipeg and Morden, Greenbush, Devil's Lake, Grand Forks. And we went and ran a two day show in uh, Dodge city, Kansas too. So, I mean, that was a 17 hour drive just to get, it, it was an experience of a lifetime. That was, it was awesome. You guys ran well down there, didn't you? I think we all finished in the top seven, I think both nights or top eight, somewhere in there. So there's four of us that went out there and we had full, I think 24 cars took the green each night. So it was, uh, Those it was guys all, from all over the place. too. They were from everywhere. Yeah. 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 So it, it was awesome. good, but yeah, I think I burnt myself out. Um, cost myself a marriage at the same time too, doing it. So <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, now it, it can't be like it was back then. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's a, it can be a tough lesson yeah. to learn, right? So that's good to hear that you're able to get back into yep. it and find the right balance on that. That's, it's definitely, awesome. it's definitely a balancing act. Mm-hmm. So totally. Yeah, and then long-term what's, what, what, what do you think you'd still love to do or try? Oh, I, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I really like where I am right now. So I'm yeah. going to try to try to keep doing what we're, what we're doing. Um, as long as nothing major happens and you don't junk something right away, it's financially it's for a race. I mean, no racing is cheap, but the truck class is financially a good option. If mm-hmm. you do want to race, um, kind of hoping a lot of these pure stock guys might come up to the trucks. So I know I've been talking to a few of them there and just trying to kick their ass into gear to, step up to a little bit more adjustability on the race car and, mm-hmm. and their drivetrain and stuff is their motor is the same as ours so yeah. just go buy a rolling chassis and dump your motor and let's go have some fun right so mm-hmm. i think it's a possibility yeah oh that's good and i'd really like to see the truck class grow right so um try to do my part to make it 
good with everybody and you get to that 15 to plus cars and then start doing some travel shows right so yeah there's definitely a traveling is a whole nother ball game and it's a lot less stressful as running for points obviously right so mm-hmm. and you can uh you can have a lot of fun traveling and i do miss it but uh at the same time like see the truck class get to where it used to be so mm-hmm. yeah well no, that's awesome it's good to good to see some people kind of you know passing the torch along to yeah. you guys here as i'm kind of getting out of it and yep. good to see that it's uh it's going to be in, in good leadership with the leadership that you guys have in that class and guys like you that want to step up and, and do that so that's that's awesome yeah i mean I, I don't really have too much else for questions here anthony you got anything else i got i got nothing in particular i think it was a great story yeah uh hearing your uh your time in racing uh we've we've met and have talked and you've supported the track here in kenora in the past but we've never really have had the opportunity to kind of talk about your racing history so it was, it was great to get to know you more through uh through the podcast that's awesome i definitely appreciate it uh you guys invited me on. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there any, uh, any sponsors or anybody you want to thank? A uh, big one would go to my employer, Adventure Power Products. They, they have my back and between letting me take time off work and having all the, if I need an extra tool I don't have at home there, they'll let me grab stuff from there. And um, Megan at Autostripe, she's done all my decals for like 10 years. So she's another one that's been on board and then a good buddy uh, uh dale at under roofing he's came on board when i kind of got into the mod deal there and he's been helping me on that and then dan he's like i said builds an awesome motor and knows his uh setup and these trucks really good so all those guys if it wasn't for any of those guys it wouldn't be possible to do what we do now so got to thank all those guys oh that's great yeah it takes a takes a whole team behind every car we see out there yeah and it's and my girlfriend too she's like She's like, why don't you have anyone helping me? Helping me? I'm like, you know what? If I do it on my own, like, what do I need? I just need help pushing a truck on a trailer every now and then. So mm-hmm. everything else I, I like to do by myself. So don't have to worry about anything and just be prepared. So you only got yourself exactly. to blame, right? Yeah. yeah, I can't get mad at anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Don't forget to put a lug nuts on a tire and it falls off when you're rolling on the track. Does that ever happen? No, 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 no. I've never had a tire. Oh, now it's going to happen. probably will, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can tell you All as right. a former crew guy who may have forgot to put the hood pins in uh yeah that it feels bad for the crew guy too <laughs> yeah yeah you're just watching it just flapping the wind yeah. as it goes by well the worst part about that was that it was an ice race car oh. and uh, so it had a windshield oh. and the operative word there is had yeah <laughs> because when that happened it got smashed as out the hood came through the windshield <laughs> yeah they went <laughs> Yeah, or who didn't close the hood? So, yeah, good times. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) But no, buddy, this was uh, this was great. Thanks for thanks for coming out and sitting down with us. Absolutely, uh, it was fun racing with you this year. And and who knows, I might still get the odd start in the truck here and there, and we can go wheel to wheel again. Yeah, no, that'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, it was it was fun. And congrats on the championship. That's uh, that's tough to knock off. So good for you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Brent, for being part of this show. And thank you for listening to Bench Racing Radio. Uh, We have some stuff lined up in the near future, and uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in every time we release a new episode. But that's all from us right now. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Bench Racing Radio. Like and follow our social media handles. Facebook at Bench Racing Radio. Twitter at Bench Racing Rat 1. Or Instagram at Bench Racing Radio.